Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Well, everybody, we're glad to have everybody with us tonight. And uh, Chris has brought up a great topic for discussion tonight. Why would God and His marvelous grace show um, unconditional love to a particular group of people? What was His motive behind that? And um, what's often referred to as the great mystery, okay? Hidden from the ages. But um, I'm going to turn it over to Chris, let him kind of give his overview and what brought this to his mind, and then we're going to go on over to uh, we're going to go over to Kevin, and then we're going to have Mark give his thoughts on it. And uh, I want to welcome uh, all of our guests, uh, as well as Linda Freeman and uh, Sister Louise is with us. And so we've got a good group here with us. Chris, uh, go ahead. Well, if the topic, subject matter is the mystery, you know, we've all heard that God works in mysterious ways. But I think to those of us, and I believe everybody here has shown evidence that they truly are in Christ. And the mystery, I believe, and I'll want some, in, in, uh, uh, some input and, uh, and so forth, uh, but all I can simply declare is is basically the mystery of of God and what He is and does and does for us and why we're here and everything. I think it all funnels down to the fact that God is after His own glory. Now, Amen. from our perspective, that could sound selfish and but that's from our perspective and what the heck do we know when it comes to that but we know that our our lord and savior is worthy of all glory and i don't think he's glorified enough to take it a step further so i can just leave it with basically that and open up and predicate my my point of view in regard to this is that it is about the glory of God. Amen. Uh, from, a, from a neutral position, because uh, I guess people take offense, because people, especially of that Arminian camp, I don't think they can understand the glory of God. Not that we can, you know, fully as well. But, I think we may have, God has given us a, a bit of a grasp on why we're here. And I mean, this is like uh, a first, first year catechism, you mm-hmm. know, that, that we were taught, why am I here? And the answer is to glorify God. And sur- surely God is worthy of our, of our, uh, uh, 
uh, praise and honor unto him because only he is worthy of all glory, dominion, power, and praise. So I'll just leave it with that. And we could maybe bank off of the glory of God if if we can even even uh, begin to understand what just what that entails. I mean, you know, but it is. I, I truly believe it is all about the glory of the Father uh, through the Son, uh, sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. And to God be the glory, and uh, happy to, uh, from a neutral position, uh, have some sort of understanding to this to this this point of view that yeah who who can argue the, the the statement that that God is is worthy of all praise honor and glory so God has done everything he's done to uh attest to and uh and uh, bolster up his the fact that he we have a glorious savior we have a glorious father and holy spirit and again, it is just about the glory of God. And and there is a verse that says something to the to the effect of uh, the Lord is looking for 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 those that will uphold and uh, and uh, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Well, to worship is to glorify, you know. And we have no one else here. On, in this lonely world, uh, to lift up and glorify other than God Himself. Amen. Good word. Hi, Kevin. Hi, hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. Mark called me earlier, and thanks, Mark, for that email. Appreciate it from that brother that lived only. Seven years or so, and wow. uh, wrote that, and you passed that on to me. Thanks. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, Chris, I want I want to say, Chris, I think you nailed it. Uh, I thought you really did a good job of um, really summarizing the reality of this mystery. And I want to read just a couple verses, and I'm going to turn it over to Kevin, and then afterwards we'll hear from Mark. Um, Mark 4.11, speaking of Christ, and he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but Mm -hmm. unto unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. You know, so many times we hear preachers say, well, the reason Christ taught was in in parables was so that people would understand, but that's not really the case. The reason he taught in parables so his elect would understand and the others would not. And then also I wanted to read a passage in uh, Romans 16.25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Kevin, Kevin, how do you... uh, I know you've probably done word studies on this mystery uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that and also his his motivation behind Christ's motivation behind uh, unconditionally electing a, a people for himself. 
Yeah, when I first saw the question, I, I thought it was asking why did God choose one over another? And and that I don't believe we have an answer for in the scriptures. Right. But but when I look more closely at the question, it's it's um why did God choose a people? Uh, and so right. and I'd have to agree with Chris that that God would bring glory to himself by doing that. Uh, there's a verse. There's a verse that says that Jesus has delight in the sons of men. You remember mm-hmm. that? I think, yeah, in the yeah. Old Testament. Yeah. And it, it, the thought comes to my mind that it, it w- wouldn't be good for Christ to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that he's ever alone, but but that as a man, the the man Christ Jesus, who will be dwelling in the new earth, he has a people uh, that he delights in, and so that. That gives glory to him too, in all those sons that he brought to glory. Yes, that's yeah. a really good. That's a really good point. You know, Michael and I were talking a week or so ago, and we've talked about it on this program. Chris has brought this up numerous times, and that is, even though Christ said, as it relates to in time, he will not share his glory with another. We know. Mm-hmm. We know that when we. Uh, are ushered in the presence of God in the New Jerusalem that we are going to share in His glory. And yes. in First Corinthians two seven, he uh, Paul touches on this. He says, "We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory." Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, of course that that's when we are glorified, and there'll be no right. sin in us. And, right. And, his sharing his glory with us as sinners, he would never do that. And, right, yeah. And that's why we mm. can understand that our salvation has to be by him and him alone. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mark, Mark, do you think... Oh, Mark, one, other, you... One, one other thing, if I could. Sure, when, go ahead. When, you know, when we were talking about the parables being for those who would be given to understand the mysteries, you remember the, the Pharisees... Uh, after Jesus told the parable, the thought that he was speaking of them. You, you remember, I forget the particular. <laughs> you, remember, you remember that, right? Yes. Uh-huh. They perceived that he was speaking of them. I, I think it was about <laughs> maybe uh, um, the rock that, that the builders rejected. Maybe something yes. that maybe so, might yes. have been. Yeah. Yeah. It's so they, they, they saw some of it, but they, did, they didn't see what we can see. And mm-hmm. of course, even the Old Testament prophets and kings didn't see what we see. So this, this is, you know, as revealed by the Holy Spirit. To Amen. Us. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, Mark, I had a, I had a question for you. There's a number of um, times that the word mystery is used in the Book of Ephesians. In fact, uh, I think it's used about six or seven times. But one of the times it says that. Um, he says that um, he how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself, whereby mm-hmm. when you whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. And he, then he says, and for me the utterance may, give, may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. 
I find it interesting. Paul uses that word mystery an awful lot. Do you want to talk about yeah. that a little bit, Mark? Um, well, it's the mystery is hidden to the unbelievers in the world. I think that's what that means on some level, that the mystery of the gospel, of the incarnation of Christ and everything he did, the world does not understand it. And that's right. Really, to relating to the Holy Spirit, me and Chris were talking about that earlier in John 17, I think it was 1714, referring to the Holy Spirit, which is part of that mystery. The world does not know the Holy Spirit, but we know the Holy Spirit because John 1714 says the Holy Spirit will live in and be with us and live in us. And so I think mystery is referring to the fact that Jesus used parables in that way, and he revealed to us the mystery, and to the world he did not reveal the mystery. That's a really good point, you know, because basically that's what Paul himself says in Colossians 1.26. He says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. So that just back backs up what you're saying. It's very specific who yes. this mystery is revealed to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and, and it's an extraordinary thing that the kings and prophets of the Old Testament didn't know what is revealed to us in the New Testament. Right. That, right. That, that's by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Now, I also wanted to mention something uh, going back to the glory of God, I, I fully concur with what my brothers Kevin and Chris said, and I will I will buttress that with that scripture, um, Isaiah 42, verse 8 in the King James, he says, says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. So the glory of God is a mystery to the world. They don't see it. Christ's kingdom, when it, what, who was that guy? He said it to the, to was it Pilate or one of the other ones? He's, when he asked him about, you're a king, and, he, and Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. That's right. It's, it's invisible to the world. The glory of God, the Holy Spirit, all of these things are invisible to the world because they have not been given, you know, the ability to see it by the Almighty. Right. That's right. It's, That's a very good point. Right. Well, Chris, I Chris, I had a question now. Uh, he was, uh, Mark was bringing up some, and Kevin brought up something really interesting too. There, There's also... Specific uh, talk of in, in in Colossians about this mystery being revealed to the Gentiles. In fact, in Colossians one twenty seven, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which is Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, and so now what's so interesting about that, Chris? Is that we find in eleven Romans eleven twenty five 
Paul again is speaking and he's talking about this subject. He said, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest mm-hmm. you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Now, I know, Chris, I'm, I'm asking you to, for a lot here, but I want you to give your exposition of that particular verse. I'll read it again. It's Romans 11:25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Mm-hmm. Well, I happen to believe that we get, as, as saved Gentiles, we have a double, like a double uh, uh, blessing because we know what the Jews know, mm-hmm. the Old Testament Jews, but they're stuck on the law to this day. Yeah. Uh, uh, whereas we are are privy to the law, yet we we know something they don't know unless God has saved saved any any of them. Right. But right. at this point in time, we we uh, we're aware of the of the law, yet we know we know that it can't undermine our faith. Whereas the Jews, the practicing Jews that really ultimately hate our Savior unless the Lord has decided to save them, so they will come around and we pray, you know, for the peace of of, of, of physical Israel, you know. Uh, but I, I don't really, uh, I can't fathom the, uh, the understanding, whereas... You know, for example, getting back to the glory of God and and Him sharing. Now, we can't just say, well, Christ shares His glory with us in heaven. I'm not too sure about that. I'd like your take on that. I don't know to what degree Jesus shares, to what degree of glory He does share with us. Because we do know that, that sure, we get, we, we do share in the Lord's glory, but I don't, I neither, I'm just happy to be able to go to heaven. Now, well, if he wants to throw some glory in there, that's well. But let's, I know let's, I'll never get the glory that, that Christ possesses, and nor do I, I care for it. I just know that there'll be one sitting on that throne and that will be Jesus Christ with holes in his hands and in his side and in his feet. And, yes. and well, there again, is there is a there is a an example of that glory that we're going to be with Christ in him in the um you know high priestly prayer in seventeenth chapter of John, he says in verse twenty two, The glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. And, yeah, says, and so there is a sense there is a sense of the fact that because we're one in Christ mm-hmm. that we are he says, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory. But it's mm-hmm. more than just 
is more than just beholding his glory because he said, the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Wow, it's just hard for us to understand that. But yeah. he's given us the glory that the Father gave Christ. Well, mm. that's you. You know, and it's hard to understand, but we're not we're not going to turn it or, or, away, and, and we can't. We have no control over it anyway. I mean, if that's right. what the Lord has mandated for, for saved humanity, well, mm-hmm. great. But there is, again, no hierarchy in heaven. You've heard me refer to that many times. And the fact is, the only, uh, if we are, if we have the complete glory of Christ, then the only mm-hmm. difference is, now we're going to serve Christ in heaven. I uh, I'm a little weary of this glory from from uh, from a living human right now vantage point. You know, I uh, I don't really. You know, I'm just. You've heard people say, "Oh, I just want to go to heaven by the skin of my teeth," or if I can be a doorkeeper in in heaven, (laughs) that that would be great. You know, but apparently we're gonna we're gonna end up with a lot more than we than we bargained for, and we and we didn't do the bargaining. You know, so it's against yeah. God, and, and but to me that's always been mysterious. How how Christ mm-hmm. will now? It's not to say that He relinquishes His glory to us, and, and, and He and He, you know, He He's never absent of His full glory uh, of, for our sake. It's just that He just happens to share some. How much I don't know, and that's a mystery to me. I'm right. just happy that, that mm-hmm. again. I'm just happy that that heaven is my home, and and yeah. we don't have to fumble around here uh, much longer. You know, being yeah. I guess everybody here is sixty, and uh, we just yeah. would like to just go home. <laughs> you know, glory or not, uh, uh, you know, to be a doorkeeper or a, or by the mm-hmm. skin of our teeth, however that works. But apparently, the mystery is you guys helped and solved. In my you mind, just, you just gave me, uh, Chris. You just gave me a title for a song. Hmm. <laughs> oh, what would that be, and how would that go? Well, he's just going to tell us the title. <laughs> what? Yeah, what would that be, and and how would that go? <laughs> the title. How would that? There title for song. Elaborate. Maybe. Larry, maybe, elaborate. maybe, maybe he went to get his guitar. Oh, maybe. He, oh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he plays. I don't know if he uh, plays guitar. I think they yeah, play piano yeah. and. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're. Right, right. I know they all get together and yeah. sing up 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 a carry. I got this. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I got disconnected. Maybe I better not give the title of that song. Because no, okay. I got disconnected right when I was I was just kidding around. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give me a mobile home in heaven. <laughs> just give me a what in heaven? Yeah. Just give me a mobile home in heaven. A mobile home in heaven would suffice. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. if it's in heaven and the Lord is anywhere near us, that is heaven. That's great. And... Uh, yeah, you Kevin. Know. I, uh, Kevin. Yeah. I have a, I have something for you to chew on for us, if you would. Um, in First Timothy, the third chapter, again, Paul is talking about this mystery, and he says, holding the mystery of of the faith in a pure conscience and without controversy. I'm reading in verse 16. 
Great is, the, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. But he he starts that whole thing with with the statement, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Talk, well, talk, to, talk to us about that. <laughs> Well, you know, that's that's a great key verse to prove the deity of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and when he starts out, he says, he says, without controversy. In other words, we don't dispute this. This is an accepted uh, fact that without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifested in the flesh. And then he goes on to describe Jesus Christ in his mediatorial role in the earth. And then he was caught up, he preached on in the earth and caught up into heaven. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's the way I see it. How do you see it? That's, that, no, that's that's very good. I, I never, I'm really glad I asked you that question because um, I had never seen it quite like that. I, now you've given me more ammunition on talking about the threefold uh, nature of God. You know the oh, okay. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So right. I appreciate that. I I had not quite seen that, but that's perfect. Yes, absolutely. He says yeah. Yeah. Um, the the three aspects there. Um, now, one of the things I had a question for, and I'll just throw this out to anybody that that might have an answer to this. There's two there's two different mysteries. Well, there's several mysteries, but there's a there's a binary mystery, uh, the mystery of Christ, and then there's the mystery of iniquity. Okay, in Second Thessalonians mm-hmm. two seven, he talks mm-hmm. about the mystery of iniquity that already worked. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. I find it interesting that God, in His sovereignty, has chosen to make two mysteries, the mystery of himself and his righteousness and his son and the mystery of iniquity. Um, what are your all thoughts about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it talks about the uh, the spirit of Antichrist that even now works. Yes. Mm-hmm. A, a mystery of how wickedness has proceeded through the ages, the starting mm-hmm. with the garden and then with, with Cain killing Abel. And so... Um, the wickedness uh, proceeds right to the end of the age. Um, yeah, that that that's the iniquity, the mystery of iniquity that works. Um, it's the sin that's in all of us by nature. I mean, we may not commit any particular sin that someone else might commit, but it's in, it's in us. We have the capacity for it, and we have to right. always know that. We always have to know that. And the, the the depths of our depravity are unbeknownst to us unless God, God should reveal it to us, you know, through the course of our Christian life. Um, I, I, believe he, I believe he has uh, through uh, the, the, the doctrine of uh, of total depravity. He's mm-hmm. made us aware of just how well, vile yeah. we, we, right. we can right. be, you know. Right, 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 right. We're aware of it. We, yeah. We haven't exhausted it, our knowledge mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can we exhaust? But yeah, no. What was the other mystery that, besides the uh, 
the mystery well, of the iniquity? Other, well, the, we have, of course, Mystery Babylon the Great, right, in Revelation 17, 5. Okay. And upon her head was the name written Mystery Babylon the Great. And then he says mm-hmm. in, in 17, 7, Wherefore didst thou marvel, I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to what you were alluding to earlier. This twofold mystery goes all the way to the end, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, that <laughs> Babylonish mystery religion that's personified by the Catholic Church. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and the, and the only reason they have the power they have is because of the ignorance of the people. Right. It, it, right. Because the Protestant Reformation threw a real a damper on, on what Rome had hoped to do and what they had done in the past and what they would still do today if they could get away with it. Right. And, and, and so they're not working militarily against the church, but they're working subversively throughout the seminaries and in the churches. And yeah. little by little, little by little, they're winning. Um, but yeah. God will always have his people that will be able to withstand it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I have a yeah. question. That's yeah, Nathan, uh, I have a question. As yeah. we, you know, there are, there are what are called dominion theologists, and they believe that everything's going to get really swell for the second advent of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and his return. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that. I, I no. believe that it's going to continue to get worse and worse as time goes yeah, on and on. I believe it. I believe what, it. What, what, when what Jesus said Jesus said it will be as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. Well, there was only one man standing at that time. So there will be the last one brought to Christ at the end of the age. And who who that one will be? You know, I had thoughts that it could be me when I recognized my regeneration. I looked around and I said, who else is regenerated? <laughs> you don't know who it is. No, really, we, we, we all would do well to think that way. Because well, we're led to believe that, but I don't think there's a scripture yeah. for that. But I think by deduction, we come yeah. to that conclusion that when the last one is saved, then the yeah. end comes. Now, That's I don't right. believe that. I don't think there is a if there's a if there's a verse uh, uh, qualifying that. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know it, but but it is yeah. consistent with with what need there be of of any furtherance of of uh, evangelism once, right. once, once Christ's last Yeah, exactly. Because it talks about his long-suffering is, is, is not saved. willing yeah. that any of his people should perish. So, yeah, yeah. It, after the last one is brought to Christ, th- then it's over. There's no reason to continue it. There's no reason no. to continue, but that's our deduction. That's, that's what we've concluded. Now, I, I tend to believe it myself, but but, but yeah. I have no verse to back well, that, that. Yeah. Well, well, we could we could search for it, but it's commonly yeah. taught yeah. that what we agree and believe that that, yeah. that is the yeah. case. Well, yeah. I, I will I will say this that in the 14th chapter of Revelation, I find it really interesting. In the sixth verse, he says, "I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth." and every nation and kindred and tongue and people sang with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. 
And that is just before the fall of Babylon. And so we have this account of this angel flying in heaven, preaching this everlasting gospel to them that dwell on the earth. I find that very interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, now do we have any indication of just, just how long? Mark and I were talking earlier. A little bit. We touched on uh, the uh, of the thought of, of when the Lord may may come back, and uh, that was you and me this earlier today, Mark, brother Mark. Didn't we didn't we kind of hit on that a little bit as far as uh, when the Lord may return, consistent with what we what we know thus far? Right. I don't think we know. You know, exactly. There's that scripture that says, no man knoweth the day or the hour. So, But we know it's getting close, like the blooming tree in the summertime. Yeah, we have signposts that, that, that tell us now in this, in, in, you know, today's date, 2018, that we are closer now. And there's a verse that says, that your salvation is closer than it's ever been before. It says something to that effect. And, yeah, and we, we can feel it. You know, we know yeah. that this is yeah. even right. at the doors. I guess is the terminology. Yeah. So I'm happy that. Uh, but but again, it doesn't matter as we talked about Mark that earlier today. Uh, it doesn't matter that because uh, when you die, effectively. You know, a lot of people want to hold out or think they, you know, hold out for Christ's second advent. Listen, mm-hmm. when you die, that essentially is the end of the world for you. And that's, that's all it. that matters, personally yeah. speaking. Yeah. I mean, right. that's really all that's, that's in view here. Uh, you know, yeah. so yeah. if the Lord comes back while I'm living out my physical years, well. And, yeah. and, if, he, and if he comes back, uh, uh, if I die... Uh, yeah. Before, uh, say a hundred years or ten years before, he makes right. the second advent. Well, then fine. You know, either way, it's time I get to be with the Lord, and that is the target that God right. has has given placed in front of us, and, and, and the, the 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 trek, uh, mm-hmm. the journey that we are on. You know, yeah, like the. Uh, 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 the author of uh, Bunyan, and uh, uh, who you know, he talked about they came up another way. They jumped over the wall, and you know, right. there's only one way. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I find I find it interesting that the apostles preached the imminent return of Christ, even when they were preaching, ministering, and yes. yet we also have the account of the 24th chapter of Matthew of Christ. I call the 24th chapter of Matthew, and I get in a lot of trouble, but I call it Christ eschatology, okay? And, in fact, I think Christ, and one of the Mark's points is very well taken when he said that no man knoweth the day or the hour. That's, yeah. why, I tend to, that's why I tend to be a pan-eschatologist. I know it's all going to pan out. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's just trying to get off the hook. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I... If, if I if I were to take you know one uh, particular view over the other, I would say I'm more of a historicist. In other words, I believe that 
I, I don't believe in a secret rapture. I don't see any account of that. I believe that we are. I, I believe that the final generation that's living is going that are elect are going to go through the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. You know, well, now and, that and, brings up another subject matter, though. Are we could be construed as already being in this uh, uh, great so-called great tribulation? You know, now as far as futurism, I don't think I am one. You know, I, I, I don't, again, I'm not a, that, that seems to go hand in hand with the, with the uh, premillennial dispensational futurist, uh, rapturist type mentality that's so prevalent in most churches today that I really don't want any part of any of it, you know, because it's proven itself out to be uh, a mytho- mythological, it's not it, 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 to me, it, ha- it strikes no value in what, what I've come to understand uh, God's intent and what, what he's telling us. But again, when you get into eschatology, you know, as long as we don't mess with the tenets, we're, we're, we're going to be fine. And, and, and what you just said, uh, what you call yourself, a, a pan, a pan all, it all pans out? And the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. That, <laughs> I, I can speak for that. That, that works, you know. Yeah, because it will. Yeah, you know, I think I, back to what back to what Brother Kevin said earlier. You know, there are certain there are certain marks that Christ left. He said, "As it was in the days of Noah, so will be in the coming of the Son of Man." They'll be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until as, until Noah entered the ark. That's what they were doing, and then he talks about. There will be a time of tribulation, not since was the beginning of the world. And then he talks specifically about, and there are a number of people that say these are in chronological, in other words, this is a layered kind of a presentation here. Um, I, I just find that in the 37th or 38th verse, it says, for as many of the days they were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that no end ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In mm-hmm. other words, those, those people did not, even though Noah had preached to them for 120 years, they did not understand. It was not revealed to them. Right. And also I find it's really interesting in that passage that it says, um, you know, if, if you go back to a little bit earlier, uh, it says in verse 29, immediately after the tri- after he describes all these things about the tribulation, he says immediately after the tribulation, not not before the tribulation, okay, immediately after the tribulation, mm-hmm. uh, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. This is after the tribulation, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. So any of those people that start talking about pre-tribulation rapture or pre-millennial and so on, yeah. I think I just have a problem because Christ Himself says all this is going to happen after the tribulation. That's when mm-hmm. the, yeah. uh, she'll appear the sign of the Son of Man. So I'm with you, Chris. I no man knoweth the hour, and I'm with Mark on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we are given some kind of um, hints by Christ Himself as to when it, it will take place. 
Yeah, yeah I agree with that. There's something interesting, too. It says that when men say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Right. So, so the world will have created some kind of utopia for itself. And yeah. things. So the 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 Great Tribulation, uh, and I've read commentators on it, they say that it's not a physical turmoil in the earth. It's it's a spiritual turmoil. Mm, it, right. it's, it's being devoid of, of the word of God, a famine in the land, and men will seek for the word and not be able to find it.
that's not a literal number. We know we know a lot of these numbers that get thrown mm-hmm. around. Uh, people, you know, in these I call them just New Age churches, even though they uh, attempt to promote Jesus Christ and and the tenets and so forth, but they're wrong in so much as yeah. we already uncovered. But yeah. they just take these these numbers and ascribe uh, uh, definition that are so far off. You know, yeah. again, I believe God uses numbers as rubber stamps. And mm-hmm. uh, those numbers, uh, my favorite is uh, God owns the, 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 the cattle on a thousand hills. Hill, hill, well, hill, we know that he owns all the, all the cattle. So, You're right, not, not 2,000 hills. <laughs> yeah, or 2,001 hills. Right. You know no, I know I mean? what you're saying. Right. You know what I mean? That's my. That's that's where I get off by saying it, these numbers are not literal. They're rubber stamps for whatever God is is, is conveying. Again, yeah. Yeah. well, one of the things, one of the things, one of one of the things that I find interesting in that seventh chapter of Revelation is He does uh, specifically talk about you know, the 12 tribes, he talks about Judah and Reuben and Asher and Nephilim and Manassas and Simeon and Levi, Issachar and Zebulon and and Joseph and Benjamin. And maybe he's using this as an example, but it, we know that all of those 12 tribes that he's talking about are physical Jews, okay? Yes, yes. And well, I so, agree. They're, uh, they're, those are literal numbers there. Yeah, know. and what, what, what I find interesting is he's saying that, because we know that all those 12 tribes represented literally millions of people, okay? Yeah, right. And so right. here we see a, an example of the remnant Jews, and he, it doesn't, we don't have to be set in stone 144,000, but if there's 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes that yep. shows how how minute of a remnant of the elect Jews there really are, right? Yeah, okay. But you notice Dan isn't listed there. Right. Yeah. Now, they're the well, ones who right. started the apostasy in Israel. And I, and right. I don't know if God's going to condemn all of them or not. I just don't know. Danites, yeah. And there was, uh, who was the tribe? The Benjaminites had an issue with the, the Israelites. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, did. That they did. With yeah. the uh, uh, the concubine, and they, they right. cut up, cut her up, and sent her to the small mm-hmm. part, sent her to the, you know, and hundreds and thousands of of people from the other eleven tribes died in trying yeah. to put put uh, put uh, Benjamin in their place, and they wouldn't go. And right. you know, this 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 warfare went back and forth. You know, to the point of uh, of it getting whittled down to a, a a remnant of what of what Benjamin once was. Well, you know, and also this this is a great answer to the dispensationalists who say who misinterpret that scripture that says all Israel shall be saved, because mm-hmm. if you, if you go through these twelve tribes and these twelve thousand people from each tribe. And then after he describes them in the ninth verse, after saying, okay, there's going to be a remnant of Jews that are going to come to saving knowledge of Christ, he says in verse 9, after this, 
I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne. And so that's that's your answer to the dispensationalists that God's grace is to is to everyone every nation, every tongue, every people, and it does not exclude uh, it does not exclude physical Israel, but it does limit physical Israel to a remnant to a remnant. What I'm taking from what you're saying, brother, uh, Larry, is that it disproves the idea, because it does state a fact, but it can't be applied to physical Israel. It can right. be applied to spiritual Israel. That's right. Spiritual That's exactly Israel. right. right. But, but let me read the verse 32 and 33 of Romans 11. It says, for God has concluded them all in unbelief. And he's talking about the nation of Israel there that are blinded in part. He's, he's concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy on all, on, mm. on all of the remnant of Israel, certainly not yeah. all of them. But that's why Paul says in verse 33, oh, the depths and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He's just yeah. marveling at how God has first given the gospel to the Jews who rejected it, then it was right. given to the Gentiles who received it, and then it's going back to Israel who who will receive it at the end of the age. Now that's what I've heard commentators say, and and I'm inclined to believe in that way. I, I agree with that, and you know we we talked about yeah we've talked about this before, but there is no way that you can. You can you have to make a, a discernment between physical and spiritual Israel. Yeah, yeah right. and they don't want to do it today. They think it's all yeah. physical, and they've got yeah. some kind of second chance, or however right. you want to word it. But they've right. taken this completely out of context, and and we're all privy to it, and we don't mm-hmm. like it because right. what it yeah. does is it throws it turns it into a lie, and it throws off the actual intent and mm-hmm. takes away from what we would like to we would like to put an accent or more pronouncement upon uh spiritual Israel because that's all that really counts in the long right. run is spiritual that's Israel right. that's right you know? and they don't like that they want uh, like Hagee right. will preach well physical Israel are real special and they're all going to come in and they've just misconstrued that verse to the point of sickening, you know. Yeah. You know what? And it, as if they have a, and they've even constructed a, a second plan for mm. our nat, for current day national Israel and by virtue of your blood, you know, and they can't even tell you what tribe they're from. Mm, sure. I, uh, a leveled uh, uh, Jerusalem back in 70 AD. That that's why I tend to be a, a bit of a partial preterist because I see a lot, a lot of. Uh, mind me, I only said partial now, uh, mm-hmm. but I do see a lot of comparison with uh, 70 A.D. And I believe Christ came back spiritually and and wreaked havoc mm-hmm. and and allowed Israel uh, used the Romans as the rod of his indignation to to right. level. Uh, and what became of that? Two million dead fighting mm-hmm. Jews, and yeah. you also had the lo- the loss of the temple. And you well, even had- even even Hitler killing all those Jews 
was a judgment on them for saying, let his blood be upon our heads and the heads of our children. They called yeah. down a generational curse on their own nation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, believe that, I believe this Hitler so-called, I call that a holy hoax myself. Uh, I don't okay. think there were 200,000 uh, Jews, and they can't tell you what tribe they're from, but I do yeah. know there were about 2 million uh, uh, fighting Jews that... And the temple was leveled, and the yeah. law was the, the law. Look how much they lost in 70 mm-hmm. A.D. They mm-hmm. lost the, the lineage. They lost their lineage. Uh, what yeah. tribe? They, they can't to this day tell you what tribe they're from. I think that is the real Holocaust in 70 mm-hmm. A.D. And I yeah. ascribe that to uh, a lot. Uh, I believe that, that that there's a co-meaning to. Uh, to uh, Luke 13 and, uh, or is it Mark 13? And Well, you, you know, Matthew uh, 24. I think mm-hmm. that those are dual-meaning uh, uh, chapters. Uh, with, yeah, uh, that's good. You know, yeah. It's not unlike God to uh, uh, use the same scenario over, because we know he, he uses, he'll use, uh, uh, well, he used the Babylonians and the Assyrians mm-hmm. as the rod of his yes. judgment. To no, judge uh, 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 the, the, the Jewish people from every yeah. tribe when they were when they went astray, yeah. you know. No, that, 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 that's right. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I agree with you, especially from this standpoint. We know, uh, we even um, Proverbs tells us there's nothing new under the sun. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and even historians will tell you that history does repeat itself. So in other words, God does work. If we go back to kings, for an example, we find that there are kings that did that which was right in the sight of God, and then the kingdom did that which was evil in the sight of God. <laughs> then the right. one comes along, and some of them tore down the groves, and some of them didn't tear down the groves. Right. And, and so if we hold that God is absolutely sovereign over all of this, uh, we have to we have to conclude that he's the one who, you know, raised these evil kings up and brought these evil kings down and raised up good kings and brought uh, uh, good kings down. So, from yeah, that he's still doing it to this day. Yes, he's still yeah. doing this to this day. He really is. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think you're also, again, that double meaning can also apply to, to judges. I think judges starts off and ends with and er, there was no open vision and everyone did what was right in their own mm. eyes yeah mm. right. mm-hmm. and that's judges and that's yeah, very yeah. true today mm-hmm. you know and these now what, wasn't that wasn't that wonderful because the judges were called saviors and wasn't that wonderful how god would raise up somebody that would rally the country behind him had he not done that, they would have been overcome and snuffed out by the enemy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was just I mean, a wonderful story there. Yeah, in, the judges. in Judges, he allowed uh, 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 Samson to, mm-hmm. to uh, have free sex, you know, yeah. willy-nilly. Yeah. He could just do whatever he wanted with Delilah yeah. or any of these yeah. gals. And it wasn't yeah. really, well, he, he did pay. In the end, he got his eyes put out, and he, you know, and he was beguiled by Delilah. That, you know, and he, yeah. and he finally, yeah. she, she finally worked on him enough 
and, and wore right. him down yeah. to where he would divulge the, the source of yeah. his strength. And yeah. he was yeah. never to, yeah. to share that, but he did. Then, he was then we, also have the, we also have the account of Hosea, and God uses that as an example of the whoredoms of, that Israel had committed to yeah. send Hosea out to actually marry a prostitute. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, to show us right. an example, you know, what what his people have done, you know. And, that's, uh, right. that, that's how God uses evil. He uses evil, but he can't be charged with, with the sin of it. Right. Yeah, right. And also, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for our own admonition. So we, mm-hmm. we best learn from this stuff, but seldom mm-hmm. do we. Seldom yeah. do we ever learn, but... but yeah. uh, but it's good to to be able to call on these these accounts, and, yeah. and Lord willing, we we will learn from uh, these mistakes yeah. made by yeah. uh, made by those that preceded us. This reminds me of it says here in Ecclesiastes uh, seven Ecclesiastes seven twenty six, and I find more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets, and her heart is bands, whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner she will, well, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So what are we to do? You know, we. Well, you know, uh, there's a there's a song I've I've sent it out to you guys, and I think Mark has got it, and I, I think everybody's probably got it. But I love this song. It says that, you know, our our sins are great, but your mercy is more. You know, amen. And it, it reminds me of that passage in in Second Timothy. You know, it says in verse chapter one, verse nine, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. By the way, Mark, thanks yeah. for sending thanks for sending me that article on eternal love. I loved it. And by the way, I sent it out to a lot of people, and I've got a lot. I really appreciate. Who was the author on that again? Thomas Manton. That yeah, was real. That, yeah. that, really, that was really excellent. I I appreciate you sending that out. Yeah, I'm glad you thanks, Mark. Yeah, that was Thomas Manton, eternally loved in Christ. He only lived to be 57 years old, and mm-hmm. I guess that was the lifespan in those days. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was really yeah. a blessing, I can tell you, because as you know, there's a lot of um, dialogue or whatever you want to call it going on uh, amongst brethren. And the problem is people... They want to redefine what eternal love is. In other words, they want to say it's only something set after our birth. It's not set before our birth, and that's really a denial of Scripture. He says in Jeremiah, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and that includes everlasting past, including everlasting future. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, isn't that sentiment much more appealing to to, 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 to to the child of God? That yeah. is much more appealing to me than if yeah. I had a hand in it. Right. right. We're, not, the, we're not denying quickening. We're not denying that, that we've been quickened by the Spirit. But that has nothing to do with 
In other words, that doesn't preclude God's eternal love for us just because we're quickened in time. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. And, no. And, and the Arminian won't get that. They they think it's in of themselves, in and of themselves, and and based upon their own their own idea of uh, what salvation and how to uh, how to muster salvation for yeah. for themselves by by yeah. what they do or what they what they say or whatever. Uh, yeah. Now, to me, that's a real uh, mystery. Because, uh, well, you know, even though I fell for it years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was the best decision I ever made in my life to accept. <laughs> right. I can remember I can remember the time and the place when I let Jesus into my heart. Okay. Yeah, now, that was mighty go. big of me to do that, wasn't it? Sure. Oh, I decided man. I'd let Jesus into my heart. Mighty big of I me. Gave, I gave him permission, I want you to know, the God of the yeah. universe, okay? That's, that's right. <laughs> Isn't that arrogant and insolent? Yeah. I mean, it, think it, on it. that for a second. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, like, it, it's like insulting to, to, the, sure. to, the, to the Lord of glory. It, well, it's, it's, also, it's also a total denial of election, predestination. Right. It's a total denial of that doctrine, and, and it's, it it's is, actually right. it's blasphemous because it's saying that God is is not yeah. in charge of our destiny. We're in charge of our destiny. We're coming up on the top of the hour. I like to stay mm-hmm. on target. Um, I want to just thank each one of you guys. By the way, I I have gotten a comment from several people uh, about this talk show program, um, specifically uh, comments that Kevin and Chris and Mark and Ed Henry have made that have been so edifying. I wanted to give you guys feedback. It has been a, a blessing to a number of people, and they wanted me to thank you all for continuing coming on. So I really do appreciate it. I think it is edifying. And um, <clears throat> so I'm going to... Well, Larry, just, you, were, you were part of that, too. I mean, you you, you moderated that, and you, you came up with very excellent uh, uh, topical uh, uh, discussionary... Uh, 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 points of interest, and you know, I I I, I liked that. I liked last week's. You know, I like yeah. them all. Anytime yeah. we can fellowship is is wonderful. But but I actually had the audacity to send out that to uh, a couple of my pastor friends back east, and uh, I had to show one of them how to link. You know, because he's a little archaic in his. Uh, approach to the internet, but but uh, he was able to to pull it up. And another one, I haven't heard any feedback yet. Uh, but uh, yeah. I was proud to send it out because you know these are preachers that think that there's only seven thousand in, in dwelling in caves. You know, no, I don't <laughs> think they think that. But but I think it has, they wonder where where are, where are God's people after all? Right. You know, right. I, well, that's kind of that's yeah. what kind of what Elijah ran into. You know, and Christ said, yeah. "Well, there's seven thousand." Yeah. Well, listen, I'm gonna. I appreciate your your thoughts yeah, yeah. and your you're doing that. Does anyone else have any final uh, comments before we end this call? I wanted to say, Larry, I listened to last week's program, too, and it was such a blessing to me. I sent it to my sister, and I put a little note in the email. I wanted to say, I said, Lynn, what does your pastor say that the gospel is? 
If he tell if he's telling you that it's a well meant offer, he's lying to you. Yeah. 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 I probably haven't heard from her yet. <laughs> I have well I spoke with her on the phone last night, but okay. I I don't know if she's seen it yet, but I used it as a ministry outreach to her. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. Awesome. So I just, wanted, I just wanted to thank you for last week's show, even though, even though I wasn't there. I listened. Well, we we missed you, brother, and uh, we always do because every everybody lends something to it. We all have been given gifts, uh, and and we all have a little different perspective. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to let you uh, have the last word before we close out tonight. Kevin, go ahead. Turn the audio. I would certainly pray for our brother Ed. Uh, and yes, the Lord would give him wisdom yeah. and and strength. Yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have him in prayer in the coming week, and we'll see what the Lord will do. And I appreciate that. I know he oh. will be be very appreciative of that. And my heart bleeds for him okay. tonight. So yeah. anyway, okay. with that, guys, I'm going to call it. Remind everybody in a couple weeks, about two weeks, we're going to have a fellowship here. By the way, as a side note. Uh, I do have good news. Ed Henry is going to be coming up to visit with uh, Mark, myself, and Rosette, and and Michael Smith and his family, and anyone else that will be here on the 16th of June. So if anybody's interested in meeting Ed, there's a good time to to meet with him. Uh, He's going to come up and see us. Um, But with that, I'm going to say good night. And uh, I appreciate, Chris, your... Uh, coming up with this topic. It was an excellent topic, and I invite anyone else that has a possible topic for next week to uh, send that to me or call me, and we'll uh, take that under advice. And I appreciate Louise and all of her great ideas on topics as well. So with that, I'm going to say... Tell you what, brothers, I I really appreciate all of you, and I I love you all with with an everlasting love, even though I don't... Now, to me, that's a mystery. Right. <laughs> How I'm able to love anybody with an everlasting love, but but I think I'm I think I'm getting the picture, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the, with the help of my my particular brethren, even mm-hmm. here, even now, you know. So it, mm-hmm. it is a great it's a great uh, uh, a gift from God, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for Him to give me such brethren of of such caliber. Uh, uh, but it's simple. It's just the fact that. You're all obviously in Christ, and it's a blessing for me to have a place to go, you know, even if it is only for an hour once a week or, or what, but uh, it still is uh, uh, a blessing uh, that I count as one of the few things that I, I really enjoy in life, uh, aside from being God putting people in front of me and uh, yes. and uh, sharing the, the true gospel with them. and. That's coming fast and furious. I'm getting more and more people all the time that are that are that are really uh, uh, endeavoring and, and, and curious about this. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, so uh, that's my little ministry, such as it is. You know, that's anyway. good. That's sure. good. Well, well guys, well, I'm gonna. We all have a blessed week, and uh, you know, take care and uh, keep on keeping on because we're the conduit. Uh, Apparently, between uh, God and man in mm-hmm. our area at this point in time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's All right. right. Yeah. Let's That's right. 
All right. Well, good night, everybody, and uh, we'll look forward to next Monday night to uh, continue this fellowship. Okay. Thank you, Larry. All right. God bless you, Larry. God bless uh-huh. you, Kevin. God bless you, Chris. All right. God bless you all, brother, and love you very much. You take care. Yeah. Okay. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.